Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for stopping by to listen to this podcast show, Mental Wellness for You. My name is Dr. Nicole Arcady, and I'm your mental wellness expert. I come to you with over 22 years in the field of social and behavioral sciences. This podcast was geared because I wanted to make sure to talk to my moms who are constantly working, doing various roles and tasks, and oftentimes forget to take care of our own mental health, to forget to put ourselves first and do those things that are necessary to ensure that we are able to handle the stressors of life. So in this podcast, you're gonna hear different interviews that I speak to various women and seeing what they have found to be helpful to help with their mental wellness. You're also gonna hear different topics and subject matters that are gonna be geared towards you all having mental wellness. So sit back, buckle up, and be ready for the experience of ensuring your mental wellness. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to Mental Wellness Monday with me, your host, Dr. Nicole L. Arcady, your mental wellness expert. This is mental wellness for you. And I am excited to be able to talk to you about this series that we are continuing on trauma. And so I have a very special guest. You guys have already heard her before because I love to have her come on. And I'm going to talk about her in a second and give you some more information for those of you who have not heard of our special guest. But we're going to be delving into healing yourself after trauma, after a traumatic event. So let me just introduce to you Ariel Macon Richard. She is a licensed clinical social worker. She also holds her PPSC, which is Pupil Personnel Services credential to be able to work within the school setting. She serves as a clinical counselor, intern facilitator for Etiwanda School District. She develops and supervises school-based mental health programs. She has just been supervising within the school-based system for a year. She began developing her relationships at USC where she was working and helping with MFT in the traineeship program. She's focused her majority of her professional career on working with children and adolescents and their families. She has vast experience working with a variety of clients in outpatient and school-based settings. She's dedicated to working with those families, helping to create healthier, happier individuals and relationships. Ariel believes in empowering the client and taking on a team approach to create balance in their lives. She's also been the MSW Foundation Year Field Liaison, and that's where I know her from, well, one of the places, at Cal State San Bernardino University School of Social Work. Boop, boop. She's been there since 2016 as one of their field instructors and field liaisons. She's also taught at USC School of Social Work in their courses as well. She has a passion for teaching and to inspire people to increase their self-care, wellness, and mindfulness by helping them to make connections and their relationships that are authentic. She's also a recent author, and she can talk a little bit more about that, about her self-care book that she has created for moms. I'm looking at my uh, bookshelf right now, and I know it's up there. I should have pulled it down before I actually started this podcast. So without further ado, please, please, please help me welcome to the stage, to the microphone, our very own Ariel Richard Make Up. I always say your name. I always want to say it backwards. So, <laughs> Sorry. Come on to the stage. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me unmute you. Hello. <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, reading your bio, I'm like, whoo, 
see they can't see this but she has a long bio so i was, I know. I was like i'm around. gonna give you a short one <laughs> <laughs> I, yes i was trying to skip around to see what i forgot to mention too you are a mom of two and a wife right because that that's mm -hmm. another hat when we're talking about all mm -hmm. the things that we do you are also an entrepreneur because you own a business mental health therapy practice right that's also something yeah. that you do so just on the side right you see mm -hmm. clients and you also supervise staff who also see clients as well. So you're a busy, busy, busy woman. Yes, 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 I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's befitting that you wrote a book about self-care, right? Because Definitely. in order for you to do all of the things that you're doing, I can only imagine that you have to learn how to take care of yourself so that you can be available to do mm -hmm. the work, you know, the great work you're doing within the community. Yeah, for sure. I, that's what I tell people. I'm, I'm like, I have to be on top of my self-care. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I do. Because people always ask me, like, how are you doing that? How are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, I am very protective of my time and my peace and, mm -hmm. you know, my self-care. And I make sure I implement it. And then I have that awareness when I notice, like, okay, something's off or I'm not um, being consistent with certain areas. Like, okay, yes. let me check in and let me make sure that I'm you know, on top of it and doing it. So I live, breathe and and teach uh, <laughs> self-care and wellness for sure. Yes. Well, we're going to get more into that because those are strategies, but I want to go ahead and delve into trauma, right? And we're talking about healing yourself after you have experienced a traumatic event. Can you just give the listeners just a, a quick brief um, description and, and definition of when we talk about trauma, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So basically, you know, trauma, just like a, a brief, I guess my quick version of it is when there's been a distressing, whether it's emotionally distressing, distressing, sorry, or even a life threatening situation that has happened um, that has really impacted us in a significant mm -hmm. way. Um, you know, that is trauma. Like that's just the basic definition. And so some people uh, can kind of frame it sometimes as I've heard it framed as like small T traumas and big T traumas, right? Mm. And so small T traumas are those things that can happen to us, you know, on a regular daily basis or in the community or, mm. um, you know, in the home or, or in our childhood or whatever the case may be. Um, it can seem small to other people, but it might be big in your life. But it's, again, emotionally just uh, distressing, stressful, frightening. Some imp, something that impacted you emotionally. Um, the what big would an, T's. What would, uh -huh. Before we get to the big T, I'm just trying to think, and for the listeners, what would a small T, can you give an example of what a small T could be? Mm -hmm. It could be anywhere from like, you know, your best friend pet dying, right? Or, okay. um, or uh, maybe some, I guess I could say the difference is, it could even be a divorce. Right. Like that's okay. an impactful, stressful, emotional thing. It's not that it's small when I say that, but because we have large like people see sometimes trauma as like, OK, there was this um, like the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like this big, huge thing. That's a big um, team. 9-11. Right. Like those, okay. those are like big T traumatic life threatening, like huge okay. school, school shootings. Right. So so anything that's not like these like catastrophic, like you know, obvious, like PTSD okay. resulting kind of um, okay. events. Um, and I think that the reason that we describe it as all of them are still traumatic, 
is because sometimes people minimize their trauma. Like, well, that happened to me. I dealt with it. Like, I'm fine. It's like, no, that impacted you. And that was stressful to your life. Mm -hmm. Even if you were still able to, we're resilient, right? We can still be able to go on. But if you had um, child abuse, you know, in your home and you've had um, just certain things happen in your life, even if you were a child of a divorced parents, right? Like that can still be traumatic and impactful Mm -hmm. to your life. Mm-hmm. So something that has happened that's caused emotional distress, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's just as for you, it may be just as big as like some of these larger big T traumas, but they're all important when we're trying to understand how mm-hmm. to heal um, from traumatic things that have mm-hmm. happened. Um, and then not all uh, like traumatic events lead to PTSD, mm-hmm. but it can, but even still, it still impacts us, right, yeah. in our life. So not all traumatic events lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, right? And so when I was when you were talking about small T, right, versus big T, so small trauma versus big trauma, I was thinking about something that I experienced, and I'm thinking it probably would be categorized as a small T. And I didn't realize it at the time that it was traumatic when I learned that I was in eighth grade and I learned that um, while driving. So in the summertime, my family, they're from Mississippi on my dad's side. And we would drive, oftentimes drive during the summer to go to Mississippi, visit my grandmother. Then we would swing back around through Texas, pick up, you know, visit my my aunt that lived up there and then come back home. And so this was the summer I decided not to go. I wanted to do, I was a just a little nerd in school. I wanted to do summer school because I always went to summer school back then to get ahead. So I was like, I don't yeah. want to go to Mississippi this year. I want to do summer school. So I didn't right. go. And I ended up finding out after the fact, um, I missed the funeral and everything, that on their way to um, go to Mississippi, one of my, they had a car accident. They got hit. My family got hit by a drunk driver. And there are about five of them in there. So my grandmother um, had passed away. Aunt had um, passed away. She had her one-year-old grand, no, her two-month-old grandbaby passed away. One of my other aunts, her one-year-old son passed away because we would all be in the van, you know, and no seatbelts because you're driving across country, right? And relaxing. And so, you know, that, that had occurred, you know, and I was numb when I heard it because I'm like, no. And I can recall, you know, even a couple of months after that, I said, oh, I'm going to go see my auntie Jane. And I was like, oh, that's right. She's not here. And it wasn't until high school years later, I was at um, a kitchen table at one of my friends' house. And I happened to look out their back window and their back sliding door in their backyard looked similar, reminded me of my aunt that died. Yeah. And it just hit me. I just started crying and crying. Yeah. And I hadn't even cried from eighth grade until this was maybe about like 10th grade or so a couple mm-hmm. of years mm-hmm. had gone yeah. by and it just triggered me. And I just started crying and crying. And then I started to grieve. And I think a big part of that was because I missed the funeral because I found out about it yeah. the, after the fact. They'd already yeah. had the funeral and went through everything. And so I, it, it, it impacted me later, you know. Yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. so that. I think would be a little tea from what you were explaining, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With how it just causes that emotional distress because it didn't yeah. at the time. And right. it was a delayed reaction. I had a delayed reaction, right, right? With that, the traumatic information that I found out. Right, right. And that's the thing too with um, trauma. Like it, you, there are different um, symptoms that you can experience mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. right? And no one's trauma is the same, but also no one's, kind of symptoms are the same, but there's common themes. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, common things of, um, you know, the anxiety that comes up, the avoidance, the flashbacks and memories and dreams of, 
you know, of the situation, the physical and emotional symptoms that can pop up, depression can pop up, fear, um, guilt, shame, uh, you know, being hopeless, those kinds of things. So it can go in so many different levels. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to know that they're not kind of alone by experiencing some of the things, even the numbing that you yeah. mentioned, right? Like that's yeah. a common reaction to trauma yeah. and stress. Um, yeah. And so, you know, those things impact us. And so trauma is like this, there's the event, and mm -hmm. then there's the things that happen to us after based on how we are experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's interesting how you say that because, and it's good to know that it doesn't have to look one way and just having yeah. some common themes so people can be aware of, but your trauma experience or trauma response may look different, yeah. right? It may vary from individual to individual. And so, mm -hmm. I one of the things you mentioned earlier, and we're going to get a little bit more into this about when you're talking about self-care was you said that self-awareness piece. Right. Which yeah. is so pivotal is before we can change or address anything, we have to be aware that there's an issue or problem or something we yeah. need to do. Right. So we can start working on it. And so for me, I already know what my natural defense mechanisms are. If you don't know, I'm listening to people out there. If you don't know what your natural defense mechanisms, please learn. I have mm -hmm. learned what mine are, and mine is avoidance. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I'm going. I confess, it is avoidance. That is, I will avoid. Uh, I just told you, it took me two years before I actually had the delayed response, right? So I will suppress and I will avoid. Mm -mm. I ain't dealing with that, right? That that is my natural defense mechanism. So I work against that constantly, right? To not do what comes naturally, which is. I'm going to avoid that until I have to deal with it because ain't nobody got time for that right now. Right. <laughs> kind of a thing. So that right. awareness part is very key. So can you talk to us about when we're saying healing yourself after the trauma, you kind of gave us some examples of what some different symptoms may look like if you mm -hmm. experience a traumatic you know, event. But what are some common things that you've noticed that people may do that are more negative to try to heal themselves after they've experienced them? So, so let me let me back up avoidance is a negative way. Let me put that out there. That's, we don't want you to do that, right? Avoidance right. is one of those negative practices or we call in clinical therapy, uh, maladaptive, right? A negative right. way to try to deal with something. And so avoidance is one of those negative ways that people yeah. may utilize to try to heal themselves because you just can't deal with, right? All of the emotions that came with that traumatic experience. But what are some other numbing practices that people may engage in trying to heal themselves after the trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, and I have something to say about the avoidance. I'm going to go slightly off uh, what you just asked. That's in a okay. minute. I'm going to, I'm going to answer and then I'm going to add something. But, okay. Um, so, you know, some of the things that happen, definitely avoidance, um, definitely um, numbing, numbing themselves. A lot of people might get into drugs, alcohol, um, or they might just like numb themselves and, um, or just feel numb, right? So feel mm -hmm. numb. Or, and do numbing practices is what I call it. So it could just be zoning out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's different ways that people may zone out um, if from life in general. So mm -hmm. just not connecting with people. So isolating themselves, um, you know, numbing, uh, kind of having just like a routine of, uh, you know, work and then just on something all day, like just binge, binging things and not having to, to be in reality or be triggered. Um, avoidance for sure. Um, 
some of the other things that people end up doing are, um, you know, trying to just find different ways to, I would say, make right, right, because of that guilt that pops up, even though there's like trying to control things that are outside of our control. Mm. So that that's some of the things that can happen as well. Um, and then, of course, people fall can some pe- people can fall into depression. Um, and a lot of the huge part, though, is just this numbing idea or avoidance. Like those are like the biggest things that people do. And then from that, it can come it can look different as well, right? Mm-hmm. From from different people, what you're in, what you end up doing. Um, that sounds you get good. Trapped. Mm-hmm. What you were saying, and I'm going to go back to this part when you're saying some of the numbing practices. I mean, you broke down different categories within the numbing, right? And what that may look like. And something you said is zoning out of life. And so you can go to work and just do the day to day things, but that's it. The bare minimum. Like you go to work, function come back home, and then you can just zone out by just being on your phone all day on TikTok, right? Or just scrolling through social media. Or maybe you just zone out and you're just watching um, Netflix or, you know, Hulu or whatever those streaming devices and doing nothing all day. But, But you're isolating yourself and you find yourself all of a sudden not engaging, not going out with friends or not doing things with your family members. And you just, I'm just tired. I just need to sit here and just unwind and you find yourself doing that consistently 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 and not even aware that you have zoned out of life because now you're not an active participant right mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. you're just an observer and i don't even think an observer you're just there kind of a thing you're just there yeah and a lot of people say that that's how they feel and that's what they're doing like they just they'll be in their room all day and sleep all day or be or do one of those numbing practices all day or um, you know, a lot of people talk about using, you know, smoking and using alcohol and other drugs just to help okay. them kind of function and get by or to help ease the anxiety or to help them, um, you know, feel better so that they're not, you know, connected to okay. the so, triggers. Mm-hmm. So would that be the same as I'm thinking about some of the other things you were saying are using substances? I can recall when I had someone I knew went through something um, traumatic. And one of the things, you know, they would always have a glass of wine when they came home from work, but then they started having three glasses of wine. And then it was like a bottle. Then I became concerned, like, wait a minute, hope let's have a conversation. I didn't, I'm, I'm getting concerned now. I'm seeing some mm-hmm. patterns that are negative and don't look healthy. Right. So, or someone who may, you know, maybe they smoked cigarettes and one a day, now they're smoking a pack or three a day, or mm-hmm. they're vaping more, or, you know, yeah. these can be those things to kind of drown out the noise and not even worry about how, you know, to keep them, like you said, numbing and not feel because yeah. it's too much, the intense emotional distress, mm-hmm. they just can't handle it at that time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I, and I think it's important that people know, like when we bring this up, it doesn't mean like there's judgment added to that mm-hmm. in what you're doing, right? It's just that you have to like have that self-awareness self-awareness and pay attention. Like, is this something that I'm doing as a social practice or as a, just like a wind down thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you put the one glass thing, or is this something that I'm doing so that I'm not having to address these issues in my life yeah. or yeah. that I'm, or am I doing it to feel some people do other, mm-hmm. like cutting and other things to feel something because they feel mm-hmm. them. So there's a lot of different things that can happen, but it's important that you have that awareness of, okay, how is this showing up in my life? And mm. um, have I ever thought like it's too much or have other people told me it might be too much? Or is this something that I want to be doing with my life? What would I 
you know, with my time and my energy in my life? Or is this being done because I am using it to cope and deal with the things that have happened to me? I, I mean, that's a good thing you said, asking that question, how is this showing up in my life? Because mm -hmm. it can look differently. And unfortunately, you know, people can become very defensive if you point something out, right? Mm -hmm. I, I You say, I noticed that you've been drinking a little bit more and I'm a little concerned. No, I'm just more tired. I, I don't, there's not, it's not a problem or, right? So they also have to, if, if other people are telling them, that they see a concern, would you agree that it's something for them to, to take heed and listen? How many people have brought this up to you in your attention? Maybe there is some credence and some truth into what people are, are mentioning and being concerned about. I, for sure. Yeah. I think being open to listening and to figuring out, okay, what can I do, which we're going to get into, like, what are the things that you can do to heal from it? But I think the reality is sometimes people just don't know. And so hearing like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Or you need to figure out healthy ways. But if you don't know, you don't have that practice of healing yourself or self-care or just um, finding alternative healthy solutions. And that sounds harder than mm -hmm. doing the things that seem easy and quick, like quick fixes, right? Yes. And so, um, so that's why I said there's absolutely no judgment, you know, but there is like, okay, some people are recognizing and aware and they're concerned and they love you. Um, even if they might come across as judgmental, right? We all have those friends and family that yes. you know, try to tough love us. But, um, but the reality is, is that that it's just an awakening of, okay, I, I need to look at this and figure out what else I can do because there are other options. And I think some people feel like there's no other option but those kind of unhealthy okay. ways. Okay. Um, so the thing I was gonna bring up was actually um, the pool analogy because what's happening is avoidance is occurring, mm -hmm. um, right? And so that's why the numbing practices and all of that is happening because it's too overwhelming or we don't have the tools to deal with it, like I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so um, whenever I work with people who have experienced trauma, I always, um, try to and they're they're just coming in right and they're kind of reluctant and they're and people also think like how is this going to help me um you know this i've been dealing with this all my life and you know x y and z and so um one of the things or i've been avoiding and i want to talk about this because i don't want to cry or i don't want to feel bad or i can't i don't like you said i don't have time for this <laughs> i don't have time mm -hmm. to address mm -hmm. these problems in my life or these things that happen in my past right? i just want it to go away well the reality is they come up they sneak up on us no matter what so your triggers are going to find you. You're not going to hide and run for them from them. Mm. And so I always help them with using this pool analogy. So I'll tell it to you really quickly. Um, so basically when um, I, we, you talked because you're going, I don't know if people know, but you're swimming now. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so, so now, you know, right. You mm -hmm. might've avoided the pools before, yes. but now, you know, so what happens when you're at the pool, and you dip your toe in the pool like normally it's what i get nervous well no no, no not the not the anxiety but how does it feel oh, it feels cool <laughs> cold it feels cold, cold. Mm -hmm. yeah it feels cold and you take your your foot out and then you dip it back in it, mm -hmm. it's still cold right mm -hmm. nothing changed typically right but what happens when you jump in just just jump in like that yeah you get used to it. It's not cold. Your body is just to the temperature of the water. It, exactly. And I and that's what I have my clients tell me. And when they tell me that, I say, it's just like trauma. If we just kind of get triggered or address it here and there, it's always going to have that same kind of impact on us. Like when we 
freezing cold, that same like that same control of our lives and our emotions, that same distressing feeling, you're going to feel it so intensely each time, that same time, anytime it happens. But if you jump in and you allow yourself to deal with the trauma, to heal, to talk about it, to get support with it, to reflect on all of that stuff, it will not impact you in the same way. You will find a way to heal from it. You will find a way to live with it in a healthy way. And it is, um, it's just, it's just a different connection to it, right? Than what it had before. It doesn't have that power and control over you. Mm. Like it does if you just kind of avoid, 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 and just, you know, kind of touch on it here and there. Um, or if you allow the triggers to come, those triggers won't have the same impact. So I use that analogy. Thank you, that analogy, because as you were mentioning, for those who are not aware on the podcast, I am learning how to swim. (laughs) I've always wanted to learn how to swim. And so I'm doing it. And that was a great analogy because just listening to what you're saying, because I have found myself slowly inching in. And when you think about the trauma, like when you slowly inch into the water, it, you, you're cold longer and you're like, oh my God, and you're frozen because you're slowly inching into the pool and it's taking forever. And when you just take that deep breath and just forget it, dunk underneath, right? You just go ahead and address it and you're like, okay, I'm fine. And so I love how you were saying that with the trauma. If you slowly just dip your body in here and there, it's just prolonging it also for you to be able to get towards that healing with regards to that. And so we kind of already spoke about uh, like triggers. How what well, or did we talk about? We kind of a little bit. Can you just briefly, and we'll go into then some of those practices that we can use. But what are when we talk about um, trauma and triggers? What can be some triggers, and what do we mean by that? Smells. Uh oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Sorry, you were muted for a second. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, So I was saying memories can be a trigger, sights, sounds, um, smells, people, places, like all of those things can trigger you. Um, I have like a very, very quick um, example of something that I had gone through. Um, I had gotten into a car accident. I was uh, driving my little sister and it was raining and my tire blew out and then we, uh, yeah, just spun out, right? And so anytime it would rain, I, w- I was like, no, 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 I'm not driving, right? <laughs> and so just that, right? Like having to, it's raining and having to drive, right? So things that can be connected until eventually, you know, I worked through that and, and the avoidance of it and all of that. And then, then found myself the other day driving in like terrible rain with like six kids in the back of my car. And I was like, well, I guess I'm over, I guess I'm over this. <laughs> So, but you know, so it, but just an example of that is just like anything can be a trigger. Sometimes just, um, I have a lot of people who will avoid places that remind them of the event or reminds them of the person that harmed them. Mm -hmm. Um, so those kinds of things can, can be triggers and, and yeah. No, thank you for that. And it's interesting that you say that because I had the same response with driving in the rain because when I was pregnant with my, when was this? After my second child. So it was my, oh, need to say, I was pregnant. So it was, my, it was a third pregnancy. And we were driving in the rain. We we're coming back. My youngest son had just had a uh, audition for, he was looking at doing some TV stuff. And we were driving in the rain and we got into a car accident. It was like a five pile car, five car pile up 
where, you know, we were driving, we were in the fast lane and all of a sudden, I didn't even know I said this. My husband told me later, I said, is that truck coming towards us? Because a tow truck was towing a car and the tow truck was spinning around and the car it was towing hit us. And so for years, I don't like, I still don't like driving in the rain, but I didn't like driving in the rain. At first I wouldn't do it. And so I do drive in the rain. I don't like driving next to the walk. Same thing as a kid. We almost got hit. So I still am a little, little, little anxious, a little nervous. I do my breathing and talk to myself, right? Yeah. Yep. So that I still work through it. Cause it's not the fact that you're never going to feel some way. It's okay if you do, but it's that you're working through, right? Yeah. It doesn't prevent you from doing things. So y'all yeah, don't yeah. like driving in the rain still. I will. <laughs> right. I don't like driving next to the wall. I will. And I do. Right. <laughs> kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I like how you gave the example of those triggers. Uh, and so can we go into now, what are some healthy things or what are some things that people can do that are more healthy practices to help them heal after the trauma? Yeah. So I think um, the biggest thing is to start to learn how to take care of yourself, start mm-hmm. to learn you know, what are the things that you need trying to look at what um, you feel, what you need, what's going on, whether it's um, you physically need something or you emotionally need something, like learn to start taking care of those needs yourself. And also, right, looking at being okay with asking for help and getting support Mm -hmm. with taking care of yourself. Um, And so that can be a hurdle to jump through just mentally being able to do that. But I think that's a huge thing is um, finding a way to realize that you are deserving to take care of yourself. Even if these situations that you've gone through in your life have made you feel that you're not, even if these experiences have been big for you, or even if you feel like, oh, well, other people have had a harder time, you know, um, than I have. You still have to say, but it's okay for you to take care of you. And and you are deserving of that. And sometimes there might be even some healing that needs to happen um, for your inner child, um, mm-hmm. where you have to take care now of that child that maybe made mistakes because you didn't know, or maybe went through some things because you know you didn't have control at that time but now you do have control to take care of you and and usually in a traumatic situation we don't have control so we have to gain that control back and that starts with realizing like we first get to take care of ourselves and and that's our control so some of the things that you can actually practically do is um like get more rest right um especially after an event has happened um uh, finding um, someone to talk to, um, whether it's a loved one or, um, you know, a friend, a uh, someone that you're, you know, if you're spiritual, someone in that your community, um, someone, uh, a professional, right? Like I'm always going to say, you know, if you've experienced something traumatic, it can be really helpful to either do individual or group therapy, kind of depending on um, what the situation is. Um, you can also uh, journal and write about it um, and write about what's going on for you, what you're experiencing. So you're not feeling like something's wrong with you. Like these are normal things. Um, and that's why the group work or individual therapy also can be helpful because you realize like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just mm-hmm. something hap- there's something happening to me because something happened to me, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with me. Right. And so um, and I can get through this. So um, you can exercise, walking, moving your body helps, like eating healthy, um, finding um, 
something that brings you pleasure, right? So in, instead of these kind of numbing practices, finding things that you enjoy and you can reflect back on like, what were things that you enjoyed prior to that traumatic event? Um, what are some things that you wish you could do that seem exciting that maybe you didn't get to do? Um, what are things that sound interesting or enjoyable? Um, looking at lists, if you just don't have a clue of what might make you happy or what you know might be exciting for you. Um, and then not necessarily avoiding, like if it's initial, initially something that's happened and you're getting support and help with it, not a, um, so it's okay to avoid certain triggers, um, you know, immediately um, so that you can allow for that healing, but then not allowing it to take complete control over mm. your life where now it's impacting you in a negative way. So um, then getting that help to kind of get you back inch by inch, right? And, Mm -hmm. to get healed so that you're not still impacted by some of those, like I said, sound spaces, smells, whatever, you know, that kind of reminds you of the trigger. Um, but that immediate help sometimes can help a lot of people. Um, so if you've been avoiding like talking to someone, that is so important to talk to someone. Um, and then just the, the self-healing, um, sometimes people write letters to themselves <clears throat> and that can be really healing, letters to your, your inner child um and and letting them know like what you're going to do moving forward to take care of you um and just that letter of self-compassion giving yourself those positive kind words um can be really helpful and carry it around i have one that i carry around whenever i need to where i'm like oh let me read this again i'm like okay yeah. all right right like that thank you you know I have these um, reminders that I have pop up of something that I want to re be reminded of. So I have it. It reminds me twice a day, right? Yeah. This phrase that I have written out and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And I think those are always great ways. We always have our phones with us. So always, mm -hmm. you know, doing some automatic, automated, you know, reminders can be a great way. I love that. Oh, for, for sure. Those affirmations, right? Or you're going to be okay. Like any of those things can be helpful to to put in. Well, I mean, you gave us a lot. This is this is a I was I was trying to keep writing as you were saying all the different items, which is great because you gave us a great list of things that people can do that are more healthy coping strategies, right? When they're wanting to heal themselves or in the process of healing themselves after they've experienced trauma. And so I'm just going to just um to paraphrase some of the things that you said. I mean, something that you mentioned is you know, um, getting more rest, uh, talking to someone, whether that's a friend, a loved one, a person that's a spiritual guy, you know, a spiritual person in your church or someone that you look up to journaling or just writing about your experience and what you're feeling and how it's how it is affecting you. I love some of the affirming statements that you said, and I wrote it down. You said there's nothing recognizing that there's nothing wrong with you something happened to you. So like, there's nothing wrong with me. Something happened to me and I'm experiencing, right, the aftermath. And so really understanding that exercising, eating healthier, um, you may, you can write to your inner child or to your inner self about what you would do in the future or what you plan to do, kind of like looking forward, right, of being able to do those things, um, knowing that you got to take care of you and it's okay to take care of you because one of the things you said is you are deserving. So getting to that place of I'm deserving in a way that you can do that is affirmation statements, writing those out. I, anyone who knows me, 
I'm a firm believer. I love my affirmation statements, wrote a book about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at my home desk and I talk about this often. When I look up, I have different stickies with different affirming statements that when I look up, I just see them and they help Mm -hmm. to keep me motivated. So I'm a firm believer of seeing things written. One of you write them, then you see it written, then you say it out loud. You're tapping into those three different learning areas that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm a firm believer of that. But these are all great things that you mentioned. And so I I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to come on and talk to us more about, you know, trauma and, you know, healing. How do you heal yourself after that trauma? So can you before you leave, can you just share with us? Because you talk a lot about, you know, taking the time, self-care and doing all these items. And I know that that is an area of your expertise is self-care. And so can you share with the listeners and I will make sure to put it in the link. Um, or put the information in there where they can get this. Can you tell us more about your recent book that you published that is available? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Thank you. So the title is The Power in Choosing You, um, A Woman's Guilt-Free Guide to Self-Care. It is not just for women, though. However, it is. (laughs) There's a lot of references, um, you know, for women. But um, as my husband has told me, like there's and other men who have read it have said that the, you know, a lot of those concepts men can use, of course. Universal. It's universal. So, um, so you definitely, you know, read it, even if you're a (laughs) male. So, um, but yes, it's. it's really focused on kind of guiding through just practical thoughts and ideas of how people can um, get through, um, you know, creating like a self-care plan. But it also, okay. you know, focuses on helping people kind of debunk myths about self-care, um, kind of uh, be able, they're able to um, just hear realistic perspective on self-care because I think we get kind of this you know, fantasy uh, idea of like a bubble bath every day, right? Kind of idea of self-care, unrealistic to a lot of people's lives, but just kind of really looking at one of the big things I say is just putting yourself on your to-do list. So not, um, not even, you know, this idea of put yourself first. Like I'm kind of moving away from that, which just like put yourself somewhere on that list, right? And giving yourself that permission to take care of you. So it talks, you know, it goes through a lot, but you, if you, um, hopefully you all can get a copy and kind of go through your own journey. And there's a lot of tips and tools and challenges in there for you to kind of figure out, you know, how to help yourself, um, take care, better care of yourself so that you can take care of others in the community. I like what you just said. One is, you know, cause you were talking about healing and trauma and a lot of what you were giving with those strategies is starting with you and doing the things for yourself. And so you're still struggling. If someone's still struggling with that and what that looks like to be able to put themselves in the to, to, on the to-do list or to take care and address their needs, which are needed, um, your book definitely will be a way to help them. And so how would they gain access? How can they, where can they get your book from? Yes. So right now it's available on Amazon um, and also Barnes and Nobles um, online. And Mm -hmm. so you can get it by ordering a copy. Um, It's only you can order the um, paperback copy Mm -hmm. or you can order the ebook version as well. So whatever, um, you know, kind of way you like to read. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I am hopefully one day getting an audio version, but it's not out yet. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so you can get a paperback or an ebook. The power in choosing you, a woman's self a guilt-free guide 
to self-care. I don't have the book in front of me. Got it. Like, okay. You got it. <laughs> I, I visualize. So everyone, I, I just visualize the image of the book and it's a really nice image on the book. So I was visualizing it, right? And I'm looking back behind me because it's in my bookshelf, which I should have had right in front of me. But if they wanted to get, get a paperback copy, they can order that from Amazon. Just put your name in, right? Ariel, Ariel Macon Richard. And it pops up. If you don't remember the name of the book, at least they can remember your name, right? Because yes. I'm going to have your name in the description, right? And a link yes. where they can they can gain access to that, which will um, definitely be helpful with being able to do that. So let me let me put that. And, and do you have a website or anything that they can? Uh huh. Yeah, I actually do have a website. It's yourhappylivingsolutions.com. And on that website, the book is there as well. Also, um, my services are there. If um, you know consultation or speaking engagements that I've done, um, and, and any bookings for those, um, you can add on there as well. You're healthy. You're happy. Living solutions with an S. dot com. With an S. dot com. Yep. Okay. And I will make sure to put that in the link as well. Um, so if you are wanting to read, right, and, and even some strategies on what you can do to address your own needs, pick up your copy. I have read it. It's definitely a very good read. Um, it's not cumbersome. It is easy to follow. You get some automatic strategies that you're able to use, practical strategies used immediately. And so um, you also, if you want to book her for services, speaking engagement, speaking is about self-care, mental health, and those aspects, go onto her website. YourHappyLivingSolutions.com, where you can find out more about her and access her services. Is there anything else you would like to li- to say to our listeners before you leave? Just thank you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for having me on. And just remember to choose you and take care of you. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing and coming on Ariel Making Richard to the podcast show Mental Wellness for You. Well, everyone, it's a wrap. We have had a very, very interesting day. So I hope you have gained some great strategies and insights, some jewels that you've taken away on some items that you can do to help you heal after trauma, because it's so very important. As she mentioned before, we have all experienced some sort of trauma or had an traumatic event or something just with the pandemic alone, right? That has definitely changed the way that we, it's not business as usual. We're still trying to shift and get back to some sense of normalcy as I do my two quotation marks with my hands for those of you who are listening and not watching. Um, So that is something that's very important. Well, it's the end of the show. I am glad that you stopped by to listen to Mental Wellness for you, for choosing you, for taking the time to put you and making yourself, as she said, a priority, or I should say on the to-do list, right? Uh, taking care of your and your the things that you need. This has been wonderful. I am going to go ahead and leave you all with just some little information that I always like to do. If you are saying, you know what, Dr. Nicole, this is great, but I need a little bit more assistance. I need some more things that I can do to address me with my mental wellness, to help me with my professional goals, maybe also to help me with my personal goals. Then go ahead and visit my website, drnicolearkady.com, where you can see different types of resources, where you can log on and gain access to my online wellness academy, where I have different types of courses that are quick, interactive, and designed for you to be able to get those goals and meet those needs that you have. You can also follow me on my YouTube channel or on my Instagram channel or on my LinkedIn channel. What's my name? Dr. Nicole Arcady. 
I keep it simple across all of the platform so that you can access and you can see where you can be able to see where I'm at. This has been a lovely, lovely time again. So why is it so very important for me to talk about and for you to hear about mental wellness? Well, that's just simple because you matter too. Ta-ta for now, everyone. And I hope that you are taking care of you on this very, very special Mental Wellness Monday.